We're here to talk about uh, the most magical time of the year. Outside when the snow's coming down and the jingle bells are ringing and Steve's racing down the stairs to see what magic is waiting there beneath the Christmas tree. It's Christmas morning and you're waking up early. You want to see what Santa left you under the tree. That's a... The crowning jewel of childhood, isn't it? The perfect Christmas morning. The, that one gift that meant everything to you. Steve, did you, did you ever have a, that, that, that one gift? Your Red Ryder BB gun from Christmas Story? The, the, the thing you wanted more than anything that just sticks with you to this day. That When you opened it and, and, and you got it. And the, the magic of the holidays that these movies try to sell us. You know, I, I think so. I feel like in childhood there was multiple times like every christmas there's always that one gift that was like oh i can't wait i just want this one thing and it will be the greatest thing ever until next year uh or you know like a month later but uh i think the my first guitar which i still have an acoustic guitar from that uh when i was sixth grade i think it was sixth grade maybe younger um that was a good one. That one, I actually, like, I knew, I had a feeling I was going to get it, but I really wanted it. Uh, the only disappointing part of that is, like, realizing how terrible you are uh, when you first <laughs> get a guitar and have no concept of what, how to play anything or do anything. But it I think a so runner-up is a N- Nintendo 64, which was mm. uh, very exciting. That's funny, man. One of the one of the big ones I remember as a kid was uh, the Super Nintendo. And, ah, uh, yeah, Super. I didn't. I never had. I think we like borrowed a Super Nintendo one time for some reason, but we never had any of the any of those until the sixty four. That was the first system we had. I think the the Super Nintendo sticks with me so much because uh, uh, I don't really remember a lot. It was I was younger. And I don't really, like, a lot of gifts, like you said, with the guitar, you kind of get a feeling if you're going to get it. You're kind of, it's the only thing you're putting out all year. Right. But uh, the Super was, seems, at least in my memory, like it was a, a big surprise. Like, I, and it helped that it was supposed to be for both of us, but they only wrote my name on the package. <laughs> so I got to rub that in my sister's face. Bragging forever. rights. Just the, <laughs> the right to kick her off at any moment. Uh, uh, Santa said that was for me, sis. Oh, of course the cat picks the time to play <laughs> scratching post. Why are we talking about Christmas on a on a movie podcast, sir? Uh, because it's that time of year, and I think that that time of year deserves a, a special episode, a holiday episode. Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna shake things up a little bit, and we're gonna. Talk about a an underrated Christmas movie. Uh, <clears throat> you know all those Christian mo- all those oops did I said Christian movies. You did. <laughs> all those Christmas movies they try to remind us uh, about what Christmas is truly about, and you know what is Christmas, right? That's the big question these movies always ask. That's the lesson they try to teach us. 
to some, Christmas is about family. It's about love. It's about nostalgia and magic. And maybe it's about faith and the birth of Christ. Or maybe Christmas is about Turbo Man. It's Turbo Time. Did you know the average movie costs way more than you'll probably ever make in your entire lifetime? Movies are an expensive business, and when they crash, they crash hard. But why'd they fail? Was it bad timing, a bad film, or just bad luck? Let's take a look and try to see where it went wrong, if you could have seen it coming, and what wounds turned out to be fatal. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. And this is the Autopsy Report. Turbo Man is the the reason for the season. It just nobody seems to remember that. He's a uh, he's better than Santa Claus because uh, Santa Claus is creepy when you think about it. He like watches you all fucking year and then creeps into your house. Right? How come we're cool with that, people? How come we're cool with that? Why do we tell that lie to our to our children? We tell our kids to not get in strangers' vans. To not let strangers inside the house when they knock on the door, but then we tell them to go to sleep and let the stranger climb down the chimney. Right. Well, it's the stranger that's been watching you every day for the last year. <laughs> and leaving spies, apparently, in your, your yes. house to watch you. Is that Elf on the Shelf? Is that a new thing? I never... Leaving some treats. Um, yes. You know, a funny thing. I was, I was walking... A thing I like to do is just, like, like drive-by eavesdropping. Uh, on people's phone calls oh, when so. you just like walk by someone and you like key into what they're saying out of context as you walk by. Mm-hmm. And I was walking by someone tonight. Not, cre- and, not creepy by the way. Well, you know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> I like, I, I don't know. I just find it interesting to see what someone says. Cause it's usually funny. Like this woman who says, yeah, you know, it's like elf on a shelf, but it's dead. And <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> and I kept walking and I was like, what's, what does What's that mean? Dead? I is don't the, know. What is, is dead? The, the elf dead? I I mean maybe, but the, that, that's literally all I got out of the. That, no context. Just that. That's why I like doing that because I think it, it just it, you get some really humorous moments in just everyday life. But uh, yes, elf in a shelf is he's creeping in your house for the fat man who's creeping outside your house, ready to come in and prolong his diabetes and leave you presents. Just a wonderful concept. Just a wonderful concept. It's beautiful. I need to speak to my wife. Now! Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rock and Roll jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. In the 1990s, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on fire. Almost literally. He was the biggest movie star in Hollywood, and he'd done it all. From his late 80s hits with uh, sci-fi and Predator and Terminator, to showing off his comedy chops by teaming up with the internet meme darling Danny DeVito and comedies such as Twins and Junior, even racking in millions with True Lies. Arnold couldn't miss. He couldn't fail. He was the king of the real. And when you're on top, 
when your name is at its hottest, there's just one thing you have to do. The gods of entertainment demand it, damn it. Just look at Mariah Carey, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, Steve's favorite, the Beach Boys. When everyone is buying up anything with your name on it, the time has come to release a Christmas album. Jingle All the Way 1996 is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Christmas album. Staring at his filmography, Arnold's agent realized, Arnold, my boy, we've done action, we've done comedy, we've dipped your toes into drama, but we haven't slapped your name on a Christmas movie yet and collected those fat, fat holiday season ticket sale checks. (laughs) Jingle All the Way stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the world's seemingly most successful mattress salesman. (laughs) And a jacked one at that. Joined by Sinbad and Phil Hartman, Jingle All the Way pits a loving but absentee father in the battle of his life as he tries to save his poor innocent son, Jack Lloyd, from having his life ruined by Star Wars fans who are such man babies that they'll drive a young child to substance abuse and depression, all because he was just doing what George Lucas told him to do (laughs) when he played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode 1 three years after Jingle All the Way was released. Didn't even realize that was him, but continue. (laughs) In actuality, Jingle All the Way is about Arnold trying to track down the one gift his son wants more than anything. Uh, One of those Turbomans. A Turboman action figure. Not a dial. Turboman, of course, is the hottest toy of the year, and is sold out everywhere Arnold goes because he was so busy selling mattresses he forgot to buy the toy until Christmas Eve. Sinbad is another last-minute father trying to win his son's love as well with a toy and on the hunt for the same Turbo Man, while Phil Hartman is the sleazy neighbor trying to move in on Arnold's wife while he's gone. Jingle All the Way, while not an aptly named movie, is the story about the commercialism of Christmas, the spirit of giving being corrupted into the spirit of replacing genuine thought with gifts, a lesson in how we try to buy love instead of fostering it within each other through loving actions, such as showing up at your son's karate class, even with the acknowledgement that he's only being rewarded an ultimately pointless trophy, because The materialism that is the purple belt isn't what's really important. It's the support, and it's making them a person important to you, whether they're winning the Nobel Prize or a prize from the claw machine. Steve, what did you think of Jingle All the Way? Well, you know, I had never seen this movie. Um, I knew of it. And I knew of the tasty Arnold sound bites that came from it, uh, but I didn't know. I didn't. I knew what it was about, like the Turbo Man and this and that. But I was kind of just like blew it off. And uh, so I watched it the first time just a few nights ago, and I honestly actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, that's the humor right. is is actually it's actually really funny. Uh, in a lot of ways and kind of dark and I mean a bit cynical in a lot of ways uh, but it's it's pretty funny um, I was I would say I was genuinely enjoyed 
the time and the ridiculousness that it is. And it's just like, it's hard not to enjoy Arnold Schwarzenegger in such a ridiculous role. He does do he does do it well. He just brings so much that it's you, you don't know it's hard to not enjoy it. And it it is you know for all the the Arnold memes and before meme culture kind of really even took off. This is one that has a lot of a lot of great Arnold bits in it. Yes, yes. Who told you you can eat my cookies? I mean, this podcast is honestly like a Christmas present to me in itself because I love any excuse to use an Arnold soundboard because back in the day as a rascally teenager, some friends and I would do prank phone calls with the old Arnold soundboard and boy, would you get some people pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Oh man. So you were like the real life Arnold pizza shop. A little bit. Yeah. Hello. You've reached Arnold's Pizza Shop. I'm out here now. I'm out killing pepperoni. If you want to reach me, if you want the pizza, I don't care because I'm not here. Can't you realize that, idiot? I just remember we called one and it was like, we'd just be like, fuck you. Fuck you, lady. Just like all the, all the good ones like that. And this woman got so pissed. And she, she like star 69 or I don't, whatever like to, to call back. It was before like caller ID was and all the whatever was that is simple. And so she, she called back. And she's like, you motherfucker. I'm going to get you. She just like swearing. So the friend who was doing this, he just he just started punching him again on the soundboard. <laughs> just kept playing the clips back to her. as She was just like screaming at us. And she just got kept getting more irate. Ah. Uh, Good times. That's that's the kind of money. That's the kind of thing you can't buy for somebody at Christmas. It's the joy of infuriating strangers with a insulting uh, Austrian actor. If you don't fuck around, I'll give you good pizza. If you do fuck around, I'll take a pepperoni and punch it through your head. I think Jingle All the Way is a is an underrated holiday film. I, f- I feel like it's not one that gets the spotlight. You know, it's it's no miracle in 34th Street. It's no Christmas story. People aren't putting it on repeat around the holiday season. Um, but it's but it is fun and it's it's a ridiculous sure movie and it's. Uh, but I I think underneath it all there is a, a poignancy to it uh, if you examine it close. I mean, it's completely buried under ridiculous things like Arnold Schwarzenegger beating up a, a criminal ring of Santa Clauses. <laughs> yes. But but there there is like a, a lesson in this movie about about modern Christmas. Something you don't find in Christmas Story or Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. About this commercialism that's really just invaded the holiday. And uh, uh, yeah. Well, And I think it, it falls well into that realm of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and um, a little bit of Home Alone. Mm. Like I think it fits in that area, and I think it is definitely underrated in the in the realm of those two because it's actually slightly newer than those two. So it had a, a little bit more contemporary take than maybe those being made in the eighties or yeah. well that the tail end of the early 90s for home alone but um it just definitely has that more like i said before cynical and a little bit 
kind of subversive uh, <laughs> nature to it, like the underground Santa Claus ring and the the mailman who's played by Sinbad, who's absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> I think I think you hit a hit nail on the head a bit with the. I think the cynicism in this movie is 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 something that while relatable and and kind of a, a an honest look at Christmas nowadays is also one of the reasons why this isn't lifted into that classical Christmas movie yeah. uh, you know area because people don't don't like to face those kind of bitter truths. I mean maybe now I think society's only gotten more cynical since this came out. So maybe it's just ahead of it was ahead of its time. Well, and we that go. means we just need to redo it and make it again. You heard it here, folks. Jingle all the way. Ahead of its time. (laughs) Fire it up, baby. I work for the post office, and I'm unstable. Tell him. This man is totally insane. So this is where we normally uh, talk about the expectations of a movie, why they made it, how they thought it would go down. But uh, I think this one's pretty simple. You know, you put one of the biggest stars in the world in a holiday movie. You release it during the holiday season and cha-ching, money please. Uh, Yes. Arnold was quickly cast in this film, interestingly. He was originally attached to Fox's uh, remake of Planet of the Apes, uh, (laughs) which that that was not going anywhere at this time. Uh, Interesting, though. Imagine imagine if we got that instead of the Tim Burton one. Would it still have been the Tim Burton one, though, just with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It was Fox. Fox was the one developing. Yeah, I mean, they owned the rights to that, so... I don't know if it would have been Burton, but I'm just saying imagine that era remake with with Arnold in there. Mm. You bastards. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have. I, I mean, I saw the the Tim Burton one in theaters, so as a child, so I probably would have seen the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. But anyway, that uh, we uh, have diverted from that timeline, and Arnold instead jumped to Jingle All the Way. Where uh, after playing spies and terminators and kindergarten cops, Arnold was reportedly attracted to the idea of playing an ordinary person, just your typical mattress salesman, a muscly, super busy mattress salesman. Uh, and what's up with that, by the way? He's this dude is the busiest mattress salesman I have ever seen in this movie. Well, I mean, he's like the boss. He's not even the salesman. He's like runs the whole store which was oddly extremely busy still yeah it's like were people sleeping more in the 90s i've never seen a, a mattress store busy in my whole life in fact, every time i park in front of a mattress store it's because i'm going to the shop next to the mattress store and you get out of your car and you see them like rush up to the window and they push their face against it and they're like oh god please please come in my store and then you just keep going by and you don't make eye contact and you wonder, how is that store open? I don't know. It must be like a money laundering scheme. That's that's my only answer to anything. I'm like, why is that? Why is that open? And they're just laundering money of some sort. I don't Just like Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, no. It's all just money laundering. <laughs> You're my number one customer. But anyway, they uh, bring in Arnold for this movie. They pay him $20 million for this movie. They bring in Sinbad, even though they originally wanted Joe Pesci, fun fact. Uh, that would have been a fun, imagining Joe Pesci in this role. 
Yeah, it would have been less manic, more attitude maybe, but... I just think of how he acted in Home Alone just now as a, a male man. A yeah, I think that's man. probably what they were going for. So then they grabbed uh, Rita Wilson. They grabbed uh, a fresh-faced kid who would go on to have his life ruined by Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed a, a, a funny man, Phil Mar- Phil Hartman, uh, to uh, play the, the sleazy yeah. neighbor who's not only moving in on Arnold's wife, he's moving in on... Every wife in the whole cul-de-sac, apparently. Right, he's a divorcee. Mm-hmm. And uh, they even they and then they bring in family-friendly uh, director Brian Levant, who uh, directed Beethoven and the Flintstones oh. before this movie. Uh, the, and then they even bring in Mister Family Movie himself, Chris Columbus, not the not the awful explorer who we celebrate, who killed thousands of people, the guy behind Home Alone. Well, the guy behind John Hughes in Home Alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you bring all those pieces together. You you put in a heavy dash of, of Christmas trappings. And you slap on a title that literally has nothing to do with the whole movie. But it invokes Christmas. And then you uh, you put that baby, that Christmas goose in the, in the oven. And you, uh, mm-mm, it's time to feast. You build a bomb? But a feast feast they did not. No, Steve. no feasting. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. What did you call us? You heard me, right? Con men, thieves, degenerates, lowlifes, thugs, criminals! The North Pole, them are fighting words, partner. I gotta tell you, Santa, there's something here that doesn't seem quite um, kosher. That's right, Arnold. It isn't quite kosher. Uh, <laughs> Jingle All the Way had a budget of $75 million. Uh, and we know $20 million went just to Arnold, which, uh, I mean, you get, you know, Big to have cousin. those muscles and that physique, you know, that the $20 million goes away real quick. Uh, Big chunk. Just ask the rock. I wonder who I wonder if the rock and Arnold at their like same what the comparison is in physique and like Oh for our remake for our remake we should put the rock in this. Oh man. And call it Jingle Bell Rock. Is that a Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. (laughs) That was a rock, paper, scissor play for a second there. Jingle Bell Rock. Ah, Come on. Leaving me hanging. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's great. The Rock and uh, which which child can we cast to have his life eventually ruined by Star Wars fans? <laughs> Ooh, uh, Jingle All the Way released on November twenty second, nineteen ninety six. Ah, remember that? Those oh good old days. Uh, typical typical time for a uh, for a Christmas movie to release. Uh, getting that that month jump releasing near Thanksgiving. Uh, Steve, why do they like to release movies, Christmas movies, uh, around Thanksgiving and not just, you know, wait until Christmas? Um, I don't have any actual reasoning that I know of, but my guess would be that it's just that's the start of the holiday season. Uh, you want to come out at Thanksgiving. You're in theaters, ideally through Christmas. Um you want people to have that time. It's a busy time of year, so you wanna you don't want to just come out at Christmas. 
and rely think, on that. But I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes out on Christmas Day nowadays. Um, there is. I think for for you for a movie like this, you're hoping for that double dip. Yeah. You get that that Thanksgiving family crowd, and then you you know you hope it legs it out for a whole month, and then in Christmas it peaks back up as people go, oh, well, I want to go see a Christmas movie. Right, exactly. Or cats. Or cats. Okay. Or cats. We'll see how that turns out. <laughs> I want to go see a movie that breaks my psyche and drives me <laughs> insane. Um, or Star Wars, right? Star Wars. There's another. Star Wars has become the new Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Last couple couple years they've been releasing them around Christmas. Hmm. That's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> Jingle all the way uh finished in fourth place its opening weekend, coming out the same day as Star Trek First Contact, which uh, actually won the weekend. Star Trek it, Star Trek earned $30.7 million that weekend, while Jingle All the Way ended up with $12.1 million. Between the two movies was the greatest movie of all time, Space Jam. What? Which was in number two with $16.2 million in its second weekend, by the way. And the movie Ransom, a Mel Gibson Ooh. crime thriller directed by Ron Howard. I haven't watched that, was that in, in a while. I wonder if that holds third up. place. I, I don't know. I enjoyed that movie even back, like watching it in as a teenager, or adolescent, whatever. Uh, that was a good one. F this podcast. I'm watching Ransom. <laughs> and, oh, we lost roll, Steve. I'm gonna roll away over here. We lost him. He's gone to. It's just me now. Okay. Uh, but so okay, not a great start, but you know. It's the Christmas season. It's a holiday movie, baby. It's made for legs. Let's go. <clears throat> but Steve, how'd the second weekend go? Well, uh, it, the second weekend apparently skipped leg day. You see, because Arnold likes to work out a lot. Uh, uh, 17.2 million in its second weekend. So it actually jumped up its second weekend oh. from its so it, $16 million. It didn't how, skip leg day. How dare you insult? I, you know Arnold is very particular about his regiment. He would true. never skip skip leg day. Shit. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. <laughs> I'm trying to find a gentleman dog. So yeah, right here, you're the producers. You're feeling good. You know, your plan's underway. You, second weekend, it's climbed. That's rare for a movie. It's true. It's a good point. It still dropped one place. It was it went from fourth to fifth, even though it earned more money. Oh, weird! Uh, because 101 Dalmatians dropped that weekend, uh, uh, and it made 33.5 million dollars. Wait, that was uh, the live action one, right? With that was the live action Glenn, Glenn Close. Close. Yeah, yeah. People might be surprised. Uh, this this Disney adapt live adapting things is not new, right? Uh, in '94, they also released a live action jungle book but that wasn't that that wasn't wasn't that like based off of the book and not the cartoon if i remember correctly but it was still disney creating a live action version yeah it just didn't have the musical and the talking animals right it didn't yeah yeah right I, i do remember watching that as well the snake scene creeped me out as a kid oh boy it's gone matt and snakes look out everybody they don't have legs. It's weird. <laughs> they definitely skip leg day. <laughs> they, they, yeah. 
Uh, all right. So what you're saying is, even though 101 Dalmatians came out, everybody was at the theaters. They double featured. They did 101 Dalmatians, and then they went to Jingle All the Way. That's that's what yeah. happened, right? This is a one-two punch, baby. You got to do it. And uh, so really, so far, it's not a bad start for Jingle All the Way. Uh, sure, it didn't, it didn't drop in the first spot, you know, like Arnold movies typically did at the time. Uh, but it, it, it did what you hope holiday movies do. It was legging it out. It climbed its second week. We're all good. Everything's going to be great. Christmas is still a month away. We got a long time to ride this puppy out. Yeah. But that was wrong, actually, oh. Steve. Yeah. So you could take that yeah back, please. Um, take it back. Steve, no. take it back. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying no with Arnold's voice. No. Uh, Week three. Oh, no. Week three. Jingle all the way. Drops bad. 68% drop. It earns only five point five million dollars. So that so this is what happened. They it was week one, hitting the gym hard, thinking I got this, and week two was you still got that going. You think ah oh, you know I'll have like I'll have some some cookies uh, and uh, I yeah I earned it I did I, well. I earned it I'll you know I don't need to do the legs I'll just I don't know I'll do a little the treadmill elliptical. And then week three is when uh, all the the chickens come home to roost. Your body, all the all the soreness catches up. Yep. You're you're stiff as hell. You realize that you never stretch because stretching's for pansies. <laughs> I don't have time for that. No time for stretching. What is this yoga? That's for ladies. <laughs> yeah. Only time I stretch is when I stretch out my new pants. Because I don't know where I forgot going. to what because I, I gained weight. Oh, I okay. Forgot to go to the gym. From the c- cookies from the cookies. <laughs> Who told you you can eat my cookies? That's that's worrisome though, right? That it it only earned a five point five million and, and it's th- third in the week, same man. amount of theaters that it was in. It's yeah, that's not great. That's it seems right there. I think are they starting to reject our movie? Right, but you know what? Daylight came out starring Stallone. Uh, right? Daylight. I think we've referenced Daylight before in the podcast. I, b- I believe we have. That's Steve has his, your favorite fact about the Daylight, favorite right? fact of the woman referencing that she's from Laporte, Indiana. In the, uh, <laughs> in that, that's the, the, that's all I, I know about it. It's Sylvester when, Stallone. I think they're trapped in a tunnel, Laporte, Indiana. When you World drive trends. into La, into Laporte, it says "Welcome to Laporte." We were referenced in the movie Daylight. The 1996 <laughs> Super <laughs> Smash box office hit Daylight. Starring Sly Stallone. But, you know, kids are back in school. The holiday breaks over. Uh, you know, nothing to sweat. Let's not read too much into this this big drop. Because week four is coming. You still got Christmas a couple weeks away. We're going to bounce back. Don't, don't sweat, guys. Unless you're in the gym. <laughs> right. Pump into iron. But it drops again week four. Four million. Drops again in week five. The weekend before Christmas, December 20th, to three million. That's not a good sign because this is the movie you want people going in to see 
right around that Christmas time, you know, to get in the holiday spirit. But people aren't uh, people aren't coming out to see Jingle All the Way five days before Christmas. Uh, what else? What are what's the number one movie that weekend? What are they going to see instead of Jingle All the Way to get into the Christmas spirit? Prancer. No. No. <laughs> what are they're they going seeing, to see? They're seeing Beavis and Butthead do America. Oh, what? Wow. The number one movie of that weekend with $20 million, Beavis and Butt. That came out the weekend before Christmas? Yep. Wow. That's your Christmas movie. That's what's beaten. That's what people would rather see than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way. Not only would they rather see Beavis and Butthead, these are the other movies that were before Jingle All the Way. Five days before Christmas, mind you. Scream, Jerry Maguire, One Fine Day, A Preacher's Wife, Mars Attacks, <laughs> and 101 Dalmatians. Wow. A Preacher's Wife. I feel like we referenced that one as well previously. If we did, I do not recall. I don't know. Uh, wow, that's... When did Mars Attacks come out? I believe it was... not. That wasn't its first week, but I think it was right a right around there okay again though odd mars attack coming out in uh in in december it's not when you'd think it would drop yeah that's uh i i I don't know it's it seems like the the idea for when they released things back in the 90s was a lot different than it is now but maybe maybe not maybe it's just it just feels we don't really pay attention to what actually is coming out now i mean as christmas christmas movies get that huge boost and they're not always christmas related right but people go out to see movies during that yeah time. for sure avatar that was a christmas movie uh, I believe, right yeah i th- uh i think so king kong was around then was titanic a christmas titanic movie? was a christmas movie or it was at least near it was the same like holiday time uh, i'm fairly mm. certain yeah, Mars Attacks came out December thirteenth. Amazing. Yeah, it just and, that feels the, like a summer movie. It does. Not not definitely doesn't feel like a Christmas time movie. The weekend after Christmas uh, didn't do Jingle All the Way any favors either. People were over Christmas. December twenty seventh, the weekend after Christmas, uh, Jingle All the Way only takes in a little under three million dollars. I mean, at uh, least it's people, clearing the million dollar mark, right? It's still it's still yeah, and we're like over a month from release it's still over a million so it's not i mean it could be worse mm. but you know people this weekend would rather go see john travolta play an angel in the movie michael which was the number one movie <laughs> of the weekend 17 million dollars at number one that weekend but wow. uh jingle, jingle all the way is in the 11th spot at this point so christmas is over and pretty much so is jingle all the way's run it drops to one million and it's uh, in the second weekend of January. Uh, it's seventh weekend since its release. It, it hangs around in theaters all the way until Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. They, they keep it in theaters. Uh, you know, for that special someone in your life who loves to see Arnold Schwarzenegger punch a reindeer. Yes. They, they, they kept it in there for <laughs> Valentine's Day for you. Well, I think that was back in still in that period where they let movies ride a lot longer than they would have 
they mm. would now. Like I'm looking at the the weekly charts, and mm. down at number fifteen, hovering around there, is Independence Day. <laughs> still Biggest bringing movie in of the year, like thirty. Yeah, I know, and it's still, but it's, it's still like that. It's like six months in theaters. Yeah, that, it came out literally on like July fourth or right around July fourth, and because uh, that was week twenty four. Wow, and it was that's a hell of you don't in see 150 runs like that. theaters. Yeah, you don't see runs like that anymore. No, I, not until you know the next year when Titanic comes out and blows everything out of the water. Yeah, and uh, is in theaters. And then for, under the water. Uh, <laughs> I was just checking to see though if anything else Christmas related came out, and it doesn't look like it. it looks like Jingle All the Way was the only. I mean, 101 Dalmatians. Is that like? Does that count yeah. as? It's a, it's yeah. like winter, isn't it? She I think so. Make a fur coat. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call are that a confu- Christmas movie. Are though. you confusing it now with the plot of The Simpsons when he wants to make the coat out of the dogs? <gasps> oh my God! Did they steal that plot? <laughs> Wait, which one stole it from who? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> then the the animated I don't think 101 Dalmatians came out in the 80s, didn't it? Yeah. Is that the plot in that movie too? Isn't the whole point Cruella Deville wants to steal the dog because she wants to make him into a coat? I think. I a think fur coat. In the, yes. Yes. So that's that's pretty sad then because you know you cornered the market. You you got the holiday movie that in theaters. You got people want to see a holiday movie. You're the you you're the only one in town. Damn it. And it's not like. Um, it's not like it doesn't have a lot of absurd, like Arnold Schwarzenegger movie type things to it. Like it totally does. It has like stunts and ridiculous kind of action and fight scenes and just. So I don't know. Maybe people just thought it was too stupid. Yeah, because at this point, word word. I mean, this is a month into its run. A more a little more than a month, maybe. People people have heard of it by now word of mouth has affected the movie by this point right which we'll get into later but in the end jingle all the way earned 60.7 million dollars in the domestic box office Uh, overseas it would earn a little more than that at 69.2 for a grand total of a of around 130 million dollars 130 million for the 75 million dollar budgeted movie for reference, Arnold's previous movies were Racerhead, 1996, which earned $101 million domestically, $234 million worldwide. Wait. Uh, junior. Yes. Did you say Eraserhead? <laughs> Did I? Yes. Eraser. Eraser, not er- Eraserhead. With was, <laughs> I, that's, was, I want to see. I want to see Eraserhead remade with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think I David Lynch should be into that. He'd, You'd probably talk about a movie that didn't make any money, though. Good lord. Uh, um, Maybe not one of his most memorables, but it made two two hundred thirty four million worldwide. Hmm. And uh, same year that Christmas, that Jingle All the Way came out. Junior, two years before ninety four, uh, made a hundred and eight million dollars worldwide, uh, thirty six about in domestically. Uh, so under Jingle All the Way, True Lies, same year as Junior ninety four. Uh, was a a big success, earned three hundred and sixty five million dollars worldwide, which is huge for the nineties. 
and 146 of that was domestically. So while not a huge hit like True Lies or even Eraser, which did uh, pretty pretty good, it did outgross Junior. Uh, it fell right in line with Last Action Hero, which came out in '93 and earned 137 million, like seven million more than Jingle All the Way. So, and they're both kind of comedy films, uh, Junior and Last Action Hero. And so, not exactly like what you like didn't expect from an Arnold movie. It you know it didn't like do drastically different than some of his other ones mm-hmm. at this point in his career. Worth noting, interestingly, that uh, you know, like I said, some some of these movies numbers, if you're if you're a number mo- box office like number nerd, uh, they don't they don't sound huge, but this is still the '90s, you know, when when they weren't making the kind of money you see some movies making nowadays. Right. So, just for an example of that fact, in 1996. 15 movies made more than $100 million domestically. Uh, jumped 20 years exactly, 20, uh, 2016, you have 30 movies that make over $100 million domestically. So it's nearly doubled. And uh, even bigger, uh, 15 movies, I mean, nearly 15 movies alone in 2016 made over $200 million while only two movies did that in 96. So you see these these big blockbusters. They're making more nowadays than they did then. Of course, you could talk about inflation. But and it, ticket it, prices. And big, ticket prices. And the, and the bigger thing is just the overseas market blowing up since since then. But, right. But still, $130 million on a – on a, sorry, $130 million on a $75 million budget – not not a bomb, not great. Uh, 130 would have been a good number to hit in the 90s if you didn't have that 75 million dollar budget right. kind of dragging down that success. Yeah, I mean, if you to if you to put that in for 25 million, uh, you know, you would have felt decent. 25 million. The Arnold alone cost 20 million for this movie. Oof. Well, I mean, without Arnold, though, what do you have? You have that's that's true. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Langston residence. Hi, I Ted. Howard, hey buddy, how's it going out there? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get? Mm. Oh, Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What a? Who told you you can eat my cookies? I definitely uh, didn't connect, I think, quite like producers hoped it would. You know, it didn't leg it out to Christmas nearly as well as they probably probably hoped it would do. And, you know, especially like you said, with being the only Christmas movie. I mean, uh, you know, they had Arnold's Christmas album in this movie and they really... Hey, everybody loved when Mariah Carey did her Christmas album. So, why, you know, people... Arnold's hot right now. Everybody's going to want to see this. But uh, before we kind of talk about, you know, maybe why that didn't happen quite like they thought, uh, I think it's time we should uh, talk about this movie a little, a little more and give give the people some context. The old recap. Well, 
this is uh this is my favorite part of the the podcast uh not always but this one especially because i'll be sprinkling in some good old arnold sound bites to help us uh jingle all the way through the recap if you will oh. uh, so as we said arnold is the most successful mattress salesman or mattress salesman I, he's the king king of the mattresses well i don't know if he was he a mattress retailer or a mattress wholesaler because there's a point in there where he's like that's what that's what we needed. We needed a, a 10 minute scene that really delved into mattress wholesale versus mattress resale. 200 king size per next Friday. No problem whatsoever, but only for you, Mr. Jacobs, because you are number one customer. He said, okay, so he, he played, it's uh, 200 king mattresses by next week. You got it, Mr. Jacobs, because you're my number one customer. And he keeps telling everyone they're his number one customer on the phone. But well, the phone keeps ringing. There's number one customers. Off the hook, the phone is like nonstop. He's switching calls. Meanwhile, the rest of the business is having like the Christmas, the, like the office holiday party. So my guess is that maybe he's like a wholesale guy who either manufactures mattresses, I guess, and sells them to retail. I don't know. Like, who buys two hundred king mattresses? I don't. At, I don't know. By next Friday. <laughs> um, so I need them. I need them before Christmas, damn it! <laughs> Wait, besides a hotel or like a brothel, I don't know who's buying two hundred king mattresses in by next Friday. Um, but you're my number one customer. So he's very focused on the business and uh, too focused on the business. Too focused as he's taking all these calls. His secretary reminding him he needs to go to his son's karate uh, exhibition mm-hmm. and. His son's like, oh, you know, I hope dad's going to be there. And, he, you know, if he's not there, it's going to be terrible. Um, I like to call this movie li- like Liar, Liar on Ice because of the Christmas Ooh. time. Uh, yeah. It is very Liar, liar It's Liar, Liar-esque except for, like, the whole supernatural, I'm going to make a wish. And it's more – it's actually – I think there's less of a lesson <laughs> to be learned by the end of this movie than there is in Liar, Liar. But – Wait, are you saying that Jingle All the Way, where as we'll learn at the end, Arnold Schwarzenegger flies in a jetpack, <laughs> even though he's just he's just a mattress salesman, <laughs> is more realistic than Liar Liar? <laughs> uh, I mean, to an extent, yes. Um, so Arnold tries to get to his son's karate. He does make a valiant effort to get to the karate class. Uh, karate oh, sort of he leaves extremely he late. does leave extremely late and then there's traffic which he didn't see coming for some reason um it's the day before christmas i mean christmas eve it's the, it's the 23rd also, who has a karate exhibition on like two days before christmas I, I didn't do karate i don't know it just seems like a weird like you think you'd like yeah you'd have the school like christmas pageant but i believe it a karate my I mean, maybe it's my a Minnesota nephew. thing. I don't know. My nephew, I swear to God, my sister's like, on Thanksgiving, like, the coach decided to give the kids off practice today. I'm like, oh, what? Was he considering it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you get to a certain level, man, every day. Like, Arnold Arnold knows no day is an off day. Every day That's is true. a late day. Cause you every day to- somebody, somebody has to sleep, and he's got to get them a mattress. <laughs> right. No day... No days off. Because you're my number one customer. 
So anyways, uh, we get to... Arnold doesn't make it, as you have, would have guessed. His son's very disappointed. He comes home. He won't very talk to his dad. Uh, you know, Arnold's not as, pleading with him. But he's not as disappointed if, as fans are going to be with him in a couple years after <laughs> Star Wars yes. comes out. He has no idea what kind of disappointment is coming directed yes. at him. Uh, so Arnold is begging Jamie please his son to like you know what can I do to make this up to you and uh, of course the kid is really realizes the leverage he has in this situation uh, wanting the Turbo Man doll as uh, as Arnold keeps referring to it uh, throughout the entire movie as a doll it's a doll instead of an action figure um yeah, he, he definitely kind of uh, uh, goes, son, what material thing could I buy you to make right. up for my How can horrible, I pay you off? Parenting? Yes. <laughs> what do you want? And it's the... I'm trying to find the Turbo Man doll. The Turbo Man but, doll. Um, so, Arnold... Well, before, before, before we leave the scene, yes. I want to I make point out something here. As I really like this scene, not even from like a comedy standpoint... I think, like I said, one of my big things with this film, I think there's a very poignant lesson underneath this movie. And I think the scene when the son is telling telling him about how he missed his karate class is the be- one of the best examples of, of of the the maybe I'm thinking way too deep about this, but like the the true theme of this movie and how it's deeper than people realize. Because they have a great line that acknowledges how ultimately pointless on paper uh, his son Jamie's achievement was with this karate class, with his purple belt, and how it's important to him. Jamie tells his father, the purple belt was important to me. And he follows it up, though, by saying it's one away from green and three away from black. So at a glance, it's almost like a joke. Because it's like, look at this dumb kid putting importance in something that's four steps away from what's really important. From like the actual big prize. Like this is just not even, you know, this is just one of many steps to this actual important achievement in the black belt. But, But that's kind of the lesson that this movie is like teaching you subconsciously. Is that... Your support shouldn't be based on the prize or the accomplishment, but on the person. The belt may not have been a huge accomplishment, but it was important to Jamie. And by missing it, it it tells Jamie, it doesn't tell Jamie that the belt's not important. It tells Jamie that he isn't important. And that's the lesson that Arnold needs to learn. Yes, that. I mean, and that's sort of, uh, like I said, that's the same as Liar Liar, you know? He takes everything for granted and is a, is a sleazebag, not the number one selling mattress salesman in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. But at, at least in Liar Liar, it's like, I understand why a lawyer is busy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, and why he would be inclined to lie all the time. Yeah. Um, but, it, but anyway, continue, yes, please. Yes, so Arnold, being uh, out of touch with, the toy trends of the day because all he can focus on is the mattress trends of the day and uh gotta, gotta keep up gotta keep up he didn't see those the 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 direct to consumer mattress manufacturers coming that was another 20 years away but 
Uh, so he's he goes out. I'm trying to find a gentleman doll. And he's he thinks, oh, I'm just gonna run down to the the Christmas the or the or, well. Oh, first the wife. His wife says, oh, you know, I asked you to get that months ago. Not only showing that he's a bad father, but also a bad husband. And mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, I got a, at the office. And then he you know rushes out in this lie on Chris on Christmas Eve. Yes, he. I gotta run to the office and pick up that toy that I totally got. I mean, I think that's that would be a valid excuse to say he hid it at the office uh, because he didn't want the kid to find it early. You know? Oh yeah, no, that's a solid lie. It's a solid, you know. Uh, it's so he rushes out to go buy the toy. Uh, creepy Phil Hartman catches him in the in the driveway, and as we've as we've alluded to, Creepy Phil Hartman is a recently divorced neighbor who. Is sort of a handyman to all the housewives in the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. he's real, real creepy. Um, he's trying to sleep with all of them, but he particularly wants to sleep with Liz. Yes, uh, Howard, aka Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. You actually learned the character names. Look at you. Uh, so, uh, Arnold Howard uh, goes off to the toy store, and there, there's. <laughs> There's a line at the door. Everyone's like trying to get in. Everyone's trying to get to their Turbo Man, and uh, he, that's where he encounters Simbad, the overly conspiratorial mailman. Uh, he's like spouting off some wild conspiracy theory about something in the line. Great, great scene by the way. Sin, Sinbad just riffing in the scene, and a lot of Sinbad, by the way, in this movie I read was improv. Like really, he improv'd a lot of his stuff. Yeah, interesting. I, and he was his riffing in the first scene when you see him and then he's like he starts choking that woman when he gets all he gets all worked up that was it's it's a great it's a great scene the choking of the woman was like like i was like all right this it's a little a little bit too ridiculous but it was fun it was, it was the it was the 90s you could do that back then <laughs> i guess um so they rush into the store shockingly no turbo mans to be found um and then it becomes like a competition between Sinbad and Arnold to find Turbo Man. Because Sinbad initially is like, oh, let's team up and we'll find him. And Arnold's like, no. Oh, wait, sorry. Arnold is like, no. And then he runs, rushes off to, uh, to find his Turbo Man. At the go- he keeps going to toy stores. He's driving all around the greater Minneapolis area to toy store after toy store being laughed at by uh, each employees at every toy store because turbo man is turbo man is like tickle me elmo uh it's like the hottest selling christmas item that year everybody wants one nobody has it um, so it's sold out for sold out for weeks right sold out for weeks and everyone's still out rushing trying to find it they have turbo man's sidekick i know you <laughs> you're booster 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 who everyone hates he's like this weird like he looks like sort of like a a Jim Henson shop, or like a, a or like a Power Rangers. Villain. Yes, a Power Rangers villain is is a great example of what Booster. It looks like sort of like a dog or a. He's like a yeah, like a pink pink monster, like furry monster. Thing. Yeah, and and everywhere he goes, there's there's tons of boosters, and everybody's like, "Fuck Booster! Right. We don't want Booster! <laughs> they hate Booster." Like, there's even a part where they. Don't they start beating up a booster? That's at the oh the right in the, the parade. Okay, yeah. all the kids, yeah. all the kids. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So uh, he f- 
he keeps going around, um, and basically the, the remainder of this very, very long day, exceptionally long day. Whole movie is pretty much one day. And it, yeah, and it, I mean, there's probably, I mean, obviously there's some suspension of disbelief uh, coming and go in this entire movie, but it just feels like it, it lasts a lot longer than it could have been possible in like a, in a Minnesota Christmas Eve but especially if, like when you when you factor in the montage of him driving exactly because he gets up in the, the morning they're like oh where are you going so early and it's like yeah it's early but it's not like the crack of dawn uh it's like nine o'clock and, and let's not forget at the end of the movie at the parade it's still daylight. i know exactly this is this is, this is winter in the midwest yes, and it's minnesota like three thirty it's gonna get real dark up there um <laughs> But so he's searching, and it's just like hijink after hijinks of, of trying to find Turbo Man. Um, he gets into, he gets to the mall where there, there's rumors that they have a shipment of them, and so they go to this toy store and they're like, "Yes, we have a shipment." But Mall of America. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's in Mall of America. Uh, because he filmed in the Mall of America. Because of course you have to shoot at Mall of America if you're doing a movie about a toy, and you're in Minnesota for at least. Part, parts of it I don't know I'm, I'm curious actually how much they actually shot in uh, Minneapolis um, uh, I know the parade scene was all in California yeah you could tell parade. that was that was yeah. like a back lot um, but they did shoot in the Mall of America and they, they talked about how they had a it was difficult because they had a, a ton of people there oh like you know oh god crowds of real real ex people that were probably fucking shopping right oh my god i can't even imagine uh trying to wrangle in that kind yeah. of a location um but so he gets to the mall of america the toy store there and they decide that they have to they're gonna pass out balls with numbers and do like a lottery system and because they had a they had a limited stock uh, uh, Turbo Man. Toys, right, yeah. and it's like, well, do we have plenty of boosters? <laughs> like, <laughs> People are like, fuck booster! Um, booster sucks! He got joy! He got joy! I just love how, like, everyone rushes to get to the balls, like, thinking like that was, just to get one was like a guarantee you were gonna get it. That was, it was really absurd, but, so everyone starts fighting over getting a ball, mm-hmm. and of course. Also, they use they use like bouncy balls for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that was thing. So, um, of course, Simbad shows back up there as well. He he sort of always just kind of ends up exactly in the same places. Same that, place that yeah. Arnold is, but well, he's a postal worker. They 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 could track you anywhere. Right, they know how to get through the city quickly. So Arnold gets into a fight trying to get the ball, and the ball starts bouncing through Mall of America, and so this is their. They have a lot of like fun with the ball bouncing and hitting the escalator and keeps going and just keeps bouncing and keeps bouncing all over the place. Arnold's running around trying to chase it, diving and sliding, and the ball keeps eluding him until it ends up. Great, great scene, by the way. I love the scene of him going through the, the jungle gym. And right, stuff right. And trying to... Yeah, it's, it actually, it's really actually pretty funny. Um, and so he gets <laughs> this little girl ends up with the ball. And so he's like, uh, 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 sir. It, that is at best a uh, gender ambiguous child. Well, whatever. I, <laughs> I was like, is that a boy or a girl? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> uh, it, it represents all children. 
Okay. Uh, so ahead of its time. Yeah, right. So he's he's chasing after the ball. He finds the child in the ball pit of the of the of like the jungle gym in the inside the mall. And he's he's like trying to get the ball and all the moms come over and start whacking him with their purses and they, they just start calling him a pervert just like get out of here pervert <laughs> which leads to like one of the best sound bites that I didn't realize this is what it was from I'm not a pervert <laughs> he's just like he's shouting it they just keep hitting him so he doesn't get the ball he gets chased away by the moms uh, and Arnold is foiled again in his quest for Turbo Man uh, then he meets the shady Santa. That's boss. right. Yeah, he goes up to the Santa in the mall. Excuse me. Right I may by. be wrong, but you are not the real Santa Claus. And <laughs> Isn't it James, James Belushi? It was, wasn't it? A yeah. young Jim Belushi. I swear I said James. Oh, because his name is James. Yeah. He, maybe he was still going by James. Probably at that point. Yes, he meets shady Santa uh, and his, his elf and... They're like, oh, we can hook you up with the Turbo Man. And they, t- they take him back to this, like, I don't, what were they even doing? Uh, okay, like, first of all, he doesn't just, like, take him back somewhere. He makes them, tr- he gets in the car with Arnold, and he they make him, them, him drive them, like, across the city. <laughs> right. With this shady Santa and his little creepy uh not creepy but his little uh potty kind of mouth but without being able to curse elf he's like the elf from bad santa but like but you can't right exactly yeah yeah they they go to like this this warehouse out out by the docks or some shit some like underground toy sellers like they're selling a bunch of like cheap knockoff toys i I think so it's supposed to be some sort of criminal enterprise but like the the humor and comedy from it just comes from all of these santa clauses yeah they're all dressed like santa and there's like multiple elves and all these mall santas that have this their own little secret criminal toy knockoff right organization i gotta tell you santa there's something here that doesn't seem quite um kosher so they um he goes and he thinks oh, i'm gonna buy the turbo man great so it's like 300 dollars cash and he gives gives them the money they give him a wrapped this is like the first red flag they give him the turbo man already wrapped in wrapping paper like hey man they just assumed he's if he's such a lazy dad to be shopping last minute he probably won't wrap right it, of so course they're wrapping it for of him. course they're wrapping it for him so he opens it and it's it's the international edition turbo man where it says all his catchphrases in i think it's spanish when he presses the button but and then he, he gets he like tries they're like he tries to open it like oh you shouldn't open it and then like the whole thing falls apart and of course it's a giant scam uh and so this leads to, to <laughs> i think probably the it's like ridiculous, but I think it's probably one of the best parts of the movie is like he just gets into this all out brawl with all of these Santa Clauses in this warehouse. It's, it's definitely probably one of the most memorable parts when people think about Jingle all the right. way. They probably think about Arnold fighting this, the, all these Santas. He's <laughs> just like, and it's obviously, you know, Arnold, big strong man, and he's just like fighting. <laughs> They're like it's like a point where they're trying to like pile on top of him and and don't forget there's there's a ninja Santa that's right. with uh, ca- candy cane nunchucks. Ah! <laughs> there's a, 
Um, so uh, he goes and he fights the ninja Santa that has, of course, nunchucks. And uh, then there's the giant, giant Santa. Giant Played Santa. by WWE superstar Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White. White. Um, and then the cops burst in on to raid the the Santas for some reason for whatever their criminal enterprises. They probably explain it at some point in the dialogue early on, but I, I just, this is the first time I watched this and didn't remember. Uh, and Arnold, quick thinking as he is, grabs a very cheap fake looking police badge from a pile of gifts from the in the Santa Clauses and pretends to be an undercover detective and gets out of the police catching him for trying to buy whatever illicit <laughs> goods or not that were in there. Trying to buy the, that back alley tear purple. Right. <laughs> yes. So he escapes from that uh, scenario. And is that where he ends up at the diner? I think so. Ends up at a diner. It was definitely, a, it seemed like it was like a real kind of tiny, small diner in Minneapolis. It seemed, it seems so unique and, specific that it i would think it was real but yeah i just as much as i know now about working in the locations on uh bigger productions and nothing is what it seems um so he ends up in the diner and he's all sad i'm a terrible father my son's going to become an alcoholic postman roughly Uh, (laughs) because he's talking to sinbad again Yet again, Sinbad's back. Sinbad tells a story about how his dad didn't get him some gift as a child, and it like ruined him forever. As he's drinking from a bottle of booze that he brought with him. Uh, yeah. But then on the radio, they hear a radio contest for a chance to win Turbo Man, and all you have to do is list out. That's what I found. Oh no, my watch is listening to me. <laughs> all you have to do is list out all the all of Santa's reindeer. Which Arnold is has an uncanny ability to do uh, very quickly. Tasha dancer Brown Civics and comic Cuba Donna Blitz. And uh, uh, he and Simbad get in a fight at the payphone. Remember those in uh in the diner, and end up of course ripping the phone out of the wall. And this is my favorite part was the guy, the guy at the diner. As they're, as they're like fighting each other, he doesn't just say like, hey, you fuckers broke my phone or hey, ter- get the fuck out of here. He says, oh, hey, the radio station is only two blocks that way. You could just go go there and tell them the thing because that's definitely how radio call in contests work. It's just the first person to show up at the door with the right answer uh, wins the contest. But so then, of course, it's a it's a race down the street between Sinbad and Arnold uh, to get to the radio station, which Arnold does beat him. Of course, he gets in there and he busts into the uh, the DJ booth. Which, by the way, when when Arnold's out running Sinbad and Sinbad's throwing <laughs> packages out That's of his right. like mail bag yeah. to try to like light. You know, reduces right. weight. That's a great. That's a great little. That thing. is, yeah, that was good. He's just keeps <laughs> just like dumping letters and packages, and um, then uh, 
So he comes in, he he bursts in the door, and he Dasha dance around the vixen comic cube with Donna Blitz. He gets all of them just right, and the guy is very has no idea what's going on, uh, and calls the police. Very fright, very frightened because Arnold literally breaks his <laughs> he door. Does. He just breaks in, and he's like, um, and he's just. I think what well, is something like there's a chance. For you to win, no, you, and like you get a gift certificate. Right, that's right. They don't actually have a doubt. It's a gift certificate. Radio station. And so Sinbad eventually shows up, and then the police show up. Yes, the police show as up as well. And Sinbad shows up, and he threatens that there's a bomb in the package that he has, and it it's going to go off if he doesn't give if Arnold doesn't give him the gift certificate. Oh wait, does he? Is that how it works? Does he? He he says it so once first. He has the bomb. First, he does it. He says he has a bomb when it's just Arnold and the uh, uh, DJ. Right. And then he he drops it, and it turns out to be a music. Oh box. yeah, yeah, that's right. So then they all run away, and then the police show up, and he does it again. Yes. When the police all point their guns at him to be like, "Put your guns down! I got a bomb in here." Right. Arnold. Realizing that he's just faking it, sneaks out and runs away while the police are distracted. Sinbad then also escapes, and then the joke turns out that this time it actually is a bomb, and it blows up, and instead of murdering all the police, (laughs) it just comically turns one of them all black. It's very cartoony. And that's, that's actually another subplot that we've not even touched on is the police officer. So the police officer that pulls over... he pulls over Arnold in the beginning when he tries he tries driving on the shoulder to beat the traffic to get to the karate gets pulled over by the motorcycle cop look sir I'm in kind of a hurry I'm really late for my son's karate class and so he makes him get out of the car and do sobriety test and the alphabet and walk in a line and blah 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 so then it's the same cop he encounters him a couple of times he knocks mm, he backs times. into his motorcycle after that knocks it over um, Excess coffee out of his hand. Yes. At one point. Right. Uh, and so this cop shows up and he's like, I was on the bomb squad. That's not a bomb. And uh, he like takes it from Sinbad or whatever. And uh, then it actually turns out to be a bomb. But he, he doesn't, is instead of being blown into a thousand pieces splattered all over the floor, uh, he just has like black, very comically just covered in black. Yeah. Um, very Looney Tunes. Yes, completely. So Arnold escapes with the gift certificate. This is where he goes home, I believe, right? He goes home. Oh, yeah, he heads and home. And he, along the way, he's been calling. Uh, and Ted, that horn dog neighbor, has been around the house right. trying to help out. Like, mm-hmm. with... Did you tell Ted that he could put lights up in our house? He's helping put some... Dough and Liz's oven. Cookies? The cookies, you mean? Cookies? <laughs> yeah, so he calls in, and they're making cookies. And Arnold is not not happy about this. Who told you you can eat my cookies? Put that cookie down! Now! <laughs> so, um, Arnold shows up and sees Ted again. And he decides, you know what? Ted earlier had told him that he bought Turbo Man. I bought Turbo Man. Two months ago. Is that, was that a decent Phil Hartman? Yeah, yeah it was a bad. Um, uh, and he knows that 
Ted has it under his tree while Ted's over here trying to get with his wife so he knows his house is empty. Uh, and he goes in, which this was actually a pretty funny part two, I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, um, uh, so he tries to steal the gift, and Ted also has a live reindeer that because he's trying because he's trying to impress all the all right. the women all the so. all the wives and moms in the neighborhood he has the live reindeer everyone comes over to pet it um well it's in the backyard it didn't like arnold too much and so it comes after him as he's trying to escape out the back door with the gift and chases him back into the house and like smashes through into the house and starts destroying things and what is it is it one of the three wise men Heads. Yeah, they it goes flying into the fire. Yeah, so he has a fire. The he has the fireplace, and he knocks over this like three wise men statue, and the head breaks, and it goes into the fire, and then it rolls out and starts the carpet on fire. And Arnold's trying to put it out, and he he kicks the the wise men's head, and he kicks it through the front window out into the yard where Ted and because he wasn't skipping like <laughs> exactly, he was fucking and just like kicks the shit out of this thing right through the window out into the lawn flaming head lands and ted sees it and it's a it's a whole uh-oh uh and so caught red caught red-handed didn't buy turbo man his wife stand stealing stealing his neighbor's gift for his right. son. um so his wife's very angry and they're gonna go to the Christmas parade, the holiday parade, which the son also had said earlier to Arnold that this is a big deal, and you must promise you're gonna be there at the holiday parade with me. Because he missed it the last two years. The last two years, because the mattresses never quit. Because Mattress people keep sleeping. Because two hundred king size per next Friday, no problem whatsoever. It's but no only problem for you, Mr. Jacobs. Because you are number one customer. Number one customer, Mr. Jacobs. Needs 200 king-size <laughs> mattresses by next Friday. There's no time for parades. Uh, no time. So um, she says, well, Ted, can you it's drive putting us? Co- putting cocaine in those mattresses. That's what it is. Send them across the border. That's, got, that's the only way. That's, the only, that's what Mattress Firm does. It, but, although Mattress Firm, if you want to be a sponsor, we'll tell the people whatever well, you want. Yeah, we'll take we'll we'll not ever say that again. We'll never bring up about how your mattresses are stuffed full of Mexican cocaine and shipped across the border. <laughs> so, he really wants to get to or his son really wants him to go to the the parade. Now his wife is mad and she's like, "Well, Ted, can you drive us to the parade?" Cuz this is the 90s and I guess women couldn't drive themselves. I, I guess. Yeah, I was just like, "Why why does she asking him to go?" <laughs> like why can't she just drive herself right. to the parade? Um, and so Arnold's now really in a pickle. Like, what is he going to do? Like, he didn't, doesn't have Turbo Man. He's not going to go to the show up to the parade. His son's going to be so disappointed. He's never going to talk to is him. That, His son's going to become an alcoholic an postman. Low. What? What's that? Yeah. I said he's at an all-time yes, low. Yes, all-time low. And, le- and let's not forget one of the best scenes in the movie is the after everybody leaves and Arnold's standing there in his lowest the reindeer comes back and decides to charge That's Arnold. Right. And at this point, he's had it, damn it. So he just punches the fuck out of this reindeer. Right in the face. Cold, and it, cold clocks. And, he, and then the next, I think it was the next scene, he's feeding the reindeer uh, beer. Yeah, they're bonding. Yeah, they're now. bonding. They're enjoying a, a six-pack of uh, Miller High Life, I believe it was. And uh, he just keeps pouring the beer in like the reindeer's dish. 
and uh, <laughs> uh, at, at some point he like he's like talking to the reindeer slash to himself and realizes that he can't give up now. Sure, yeah, he's got to get. He has to go to that parade. And maybe he won't get Turbo Man, but he could be there for them. That's what Christmas is right, really about. Right, exactly. So he rushes off to get to the parade, and he sees Ted trying to make moves on his wife in the van, but she's, she's like, about to reject him. She, oh, that's right. She, like... She does reject him. she do? She hits him with a pie. She... No, he's trying to offer her some eggnog. Oh, that's from right, his eggnog. Thermos. Yes. Yeah, and he, uh, she, uh, who, by the way, t- to her credit, she's not portrayed as a floozy. The whole movie, she's she's very creeped uh, out by him. She's very creeped out by Phil Hartman's sleazy neighbor character. So once he finally tries to make his move, she hits him with his thermos of eggnog, and it goes all over his face. Yeah. I didn't see it going that way or something like that. What is it? Oh, he sees the cop again, right? Is that why he gets distracted? The cop shows up. Yeah, he, has, he has to run from the cop after, I think that's when he knocks into his coffee or, or whatever. Or no, no, well, yeah. I thought he ran. When does he run into the bus? I don't remember. Uh, he runs into a bus at some point and gets like knocked over. So Arnold's running from the cop uh, and he ends up in this alleyway, like near the parade start. Like the parade start, and you see all the floats and this and that, and he goes runs up into the the fire escape into this building. And, oh, because there's we should point out there's one important thing about this parade that why the oh, kid wants to yes, go. Yes, of so course. Because at the end of this parade is not Santa like real like most real Christmas parades where that's the big the big outcome is Santa's in the parade. Fuck Santa! This parade has the real spirit of Christmas. And the reason all the kids are going to it is because Turbo Man is going to be at this parade. Yes. Uh, one of those Turbo Mans. He's really excited. Turbo Man's going to be there. So, of course, Arnold uh, runs into this back alley room, and they say, oh, good, you're here. And he's like, he's very confused, and they just assume that uh, this is one of my favorite things that, that movies do a lot, especially comedies, is just like they assume someone is something and that person doesn't really protest and they end up in like this ridiculous scenario in like a situation that you would honestly be like, uh, well, wait a minute. Let me like verify a yeah, couple things, but movie. It's like one of the biggest movie cliches is people just don't take the time to explain stuff. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, what? Uh, so he ends up getting stripped down and dressed in a costume because he's for the parade and it turns out wouldn't you know it he's gonna be the parade turbo man bump 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 and so they're getting him dressed and they're like so glad you could make it you know so and so who was supposed to be turbo man they're saying he's showing signs of brain activity now which they say is a good sign and we fixed the the mechanical errors on the 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 jet pack, the booster pack, so you should be fine. And of course, uh, Arnold's like, "Wait, what?" Uh, uh, so he has yeah, like the whole the whole costume is like outfitted to be like the real real deal Turbo Man. He shoots like discs, and he ha- he can fly, and 
Because it's probably worth pointing out that Turbo Man, other than being a doll, is a is a TV show character. Yeah, and yeah. He he has a jetpack and he flies and he sh- yeah shoots discs out of his wrists at people. He's like a, and that's how the sh- the movie actually opens with the scene from the Turbo Man show. That's it's crazy. sort of like a Power Rangers esque type show. At least kind of how it feels. So he's got all the the bells and whistles to be Turbo Man. He gets out into the onto the the parade and they go off on the float in the parade and he's supposed to wave and just be nice and he's kind of confused what he's doing and has like a whole voice modulator thing that can he can speak and sound like turbo man although he never really sounds that much different it just sounds like he's nah, not a speaker but sounds like he's just got some reverb yeah exactly <laughs> and so so what they they have like the whole this whole like choreographed like fight thing where his his arch nemesis is going to show up and like try to get to the float um and wouldn't you know wouldn't it? you know it guess who's all of a sudden snuck into the arch nemesis costume none other than sinbad our disgruntled conspiratorial postman and so he's going to come because uh, another important detail for this parade float is it has a special edition Turbo Man action figure on it. It's um, Tur- uh, it's special edition because it's Man, like chrome. I don't know. Yeah, like the the T was like all shiny. Right. Yeah, Turbo Turbo Man on the parade is supposed to pick out one lucky kid to get the special edition Turbo Man doll, and you know, wouldn't you know it? This he's finally got the Turbo Man doll. He's gonna pick out his kid. He calls him up on stage with the the scene where they he, he's trying to point to his son, and the other kid's like, "He's pointing at me." No, he's pointing right. at me. And then they turn up uh, the microphone for Turbo Man, and he yells, "Jamie, <laughs> Jamie!" Uh, how do they not have that one on here? <laughs> so- and yeah, Jake Lloyd's is all like, he knows my name. Yes. Oh my God, Turbonin knows me. And he somehow sounds Eastern European, but I don't know why. Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. so, uh, Man in the TV series definitely is not, does not sound like Arnold. But uh, so he gets goes up there, he gets the toy, think it's going to be a great moment. But then the bad guy shows up. And I don't remember I, what is the bad guy's name. I honestly, I don't, I don't know something <laughs> brainy. Yeah, Sinbad swoops in on a. Uh, he comes flying in on a. Ah, fuck, like a grapple gun kind of. And thing. he has these zipline these in. sidekicks as well. Yeah, the, they had a and they, they all had a name too. Yes, like the demon. Yeah, squad. the demon squad, oh. which they didn't look anything like They're, demons. They actually looked more like Power Ranger characters. They 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 kind of look like uh, 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 they're poking fun at Power Rangers. Yes. So yeah, they all start fighting, and Sinbad steals the toy from, or he tries to steal the toy from his son, and his son takes off Kicks running. Kicks him in the nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does a little bicycle kick right in the Dementor, nuts. Dementor. Uh, that's what the name. He's, he's the bad guy. And then uh, Sinbad, as dressed as the Dementor, starts chasing Jamie through the play. Everybody thinks it's part of the play, but it's not. They just let him crawl right up the side of a building. It was like the the like runs by. It was like a police officer or something, and the mom she's like, "That's my son." She's like, "Oh, he's doing a great job." 
<laughs> she's like, he's not part yeah, of he's this. Not an actor. <laughs> um, and so yeah, the, so he runs and oh, I love the part where they have uh, Turbo Man. One of Turbo Man's things is he has this like flying fist that like shoots off his fist and like punches somebody. No, that's the villain. Is it the villain? The villain has the flying. Oh, that's fist. right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Simbad Dementor has the flying fist, and it just like shoots off, hits. Arnold Turbo Man in the head, like knocks him down, and then the fist like flies back and then reattaches, and then it's just a working hand, which is yeah, which is I don't know how it that's, works. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that's definitely suspension of belief there, but um, and so he runs off to chase the the sun, Jamie, Jamie, yeah, and uh, Jamie starts climbing up a building. Dementor's following him. He climbs, he gets to the roof. He keeps climbing up a giant uh, billboard that's on top of the building. Well, it's like a, it's like a Christmas tree. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Decoration. It's like one of those, yeah, big Christmas tree displays that's just like a flat yeah, sign like, type thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a wire yeah. uh, Christmas tree. Pizza deck! And yeah, it, it ends up falling over. And of because it breaks due to their weight because Sinbad crawls up after right. him and it's ha- and it's hanging over the street and uh, after Arnold has learned to use his discs and shoot his discs and he fought off the little Power Ranger wannabe guys, uh, the crowd shouts at Arnold, "Use your jetpack, Turbo Man!" <laughs> and Turbo Man just happens to have like this very advanced real jetpack. To be fair. Uh, a, a man is like brain damaged who was trying it out before <laughs> right. him. The original Turbo Man for the parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so he he uses in you know if you thought the Santa scene was ridiculous, now now he 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 hits the the buttons and his jetpack comes to life and he shoots into the air and he's flying all over the place because of course he can't control it and he flies through buildings <laughs> windows. Right. He flies Just, through the like the random family having Christmas dinner. <laughs> Just, yeah, as a giant parade's going on outside their home, they're just having right. A nice and they're like, dinner. I think they're like in prayer or something, and it just like blasts through and just completely oh. destroys the table of things and just blasts out. Like, yeah, emphasize blast like the for, like the <laughs> yeah, wind, the like, force was amazing. It was it was very <laughs> over the top, which I think it was actually it made it funnier. Oh, definitely. It, and then, and then you think he's gonna break right through the the building, and he just hits it right in the bricks and comes to a complete stop with his head just like bouncing off against oh, the right. wall. Oh, right, because he has like the spike thing on the top and it gets yeah. caught. It, like He like spikes into the wall and he's like stuck. He finally gets a little bit better control of his jetpack. If there's one thing that you could tell this movie was made in 1996, uh, it was it was those action sequences with the jetpack. They do not yeah. hold up well. No, those flying scenes. Yeah, they're, they're real bad, but... Um, so he finally, he gets control and the kid's about to fall and does he even, he doesn't even jetpack, does he? He just runs over there, right? No, he jetpacks. Jetpack? Oh. He, yeah, he jetpacks at him and he catches him mid fall. And luckily the kid wasn't Gwen stacy and killed an impact from the catch of his neck snapping. <laughs> uh, but now he's okay. 
catches the sun he flies around he lands back on the parade float and everybody cheers because turbo man saved the day no no one questions this part that clearly wasn't part of the script of this child falling from the sky uh but everybody cheers uh he gets the turbo man dial back because the police uh handcuff uh sinbad yep they finally arrest him and then he and then his son is like i wish my dad was here to see this and he goes, but he is, and he takes off his mask, and his his voice does not change whatsoever. <laughs> no. But su- suddenly they realize it's him. <laughs> not even, yeah, it doesn't change at all. It's just like, and uh, the fun, the funny little bit of where his wife realizes that it's him is Turbo Man. And she's like, Howard. Yeah, she's, that's my that's my husband. Uh, Looking very turned on at him in his Turbo Man costume. Yes. And so. That is all as well as the happy ending. Uh, well, don't forget the the son shows shows his father the true lesson of the movie by taking the toy that his father has worked so hard to get mm. him and giving it over to Sinbad as he's being car- carried away in handcuffs and says, you have this for your son instead. I don't need this because I have the real Turbo Man, my father. That's right. Because it was never about the material. It's about being there. Damn it. Did, did you know there's an after credit scene? Have you watched that far? No, there I didn't. Is. There is an after credit scene. Uh, so they go out. I, I think that's where it ends, and that leaves them at the parade. But they, So the credits roll, and then it comes back to the house, and it's like Christmas um, evening. And they're putting up the star? They put up the star. Whoa, that's weird. That wasn't that was before the credits in the version I Oh watched. really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they put up the star and she's like, If you went through this much trouble for him, I can't wait to see what you got me and he's like, Oh yeah, they do like the they do the really dramatic, fast like zoom push to his face. Like, oh no, and then it's end. Yeah, I I'm fairly certain that ran after the credits when I watched it on HBO Go. Uh that's yeah, weird. it was. It, was kind it of could have been. Um, in the totally in the totally legal, not downloaded version I watched, <laughs> uh, somebody you know maybe they moved it to before. Maybe the <laughs> they're just like, oh, I don't want to miss this. <laughs> yeah, don't want to sit through the. credits. You didn't want to pay for, for this movie. You're not going to watch the credits. Uh, <laughs> so they, That's true. That's true. Um, but it also just re- drives home the point that we said at the beginning that Arnold is not only a bad father, he is also a bad husband. So. Yeah. And oddly enough, Arnold Schwarzenegger proved that to be true in real life too. So, well, at least the bad husband <laughs> part. I don't know. Might be an art. I think the movie is, uh, as you, as you read this movie is ridiculous. It's over the top. It's, it's just like, it's not, has this really, it's not any more ridiculous or over the top than Elf. Mm, I guess, but I don't know. Elf doesn't have them like f- fighting Santa Clauses and flying in doesn't a jetpack. Doesn't Elf have like a There's, rocket-powered They have a, the, the rocket-powered sled, but Elf also has the, the real-life acceptance of, of Santa, so it's not like set in the real world like Jingle All Yeah, that's true. Fair, but I, I, I don't know. There's, 
I guess I wouldn't. It's just, it's the it, this movie is tonally. I didn't even know that's a word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> its tone isn't consistent. It has a you know, and I think that's one of the things that that left audiences kind of scratching their heads. It's like the first half of the movie is very different than the second yeah, half of the movie. It definitely gets it really, really crazy. It really goes off the rails in a way, in a in a fun way for you know to me. But I could see how other people are just like, "What the fuck's going <laughs> right. on?" I would say right at the at the Santa warehouse because before that, it's just like this dad running around chasing, mm-hmm. trying to find this toy, yep. and and it's just like oh funny hijinks. But it's like now he's fighting Santas and he's blowing up police with a package <laughs> and he's become turbo man he's flying through the city i honestly that's I, I sort of appreciate the crescendo of this of the movie though that it sort of like kind of just puts the foot on the gas and just kind of keeps pressing all the way to the end uh as opposed to like maybe i, I feel like it, it peaks in absurdity perfectly at the end like it doesn't doesn't like go and have this like all a really crazy stupid moment and then sort of try to catch its way back uh, to being not as crazy. It just sort of like says, "Oh yeah, you like fighting Santa Clauses? All right, we're how about a bomb threat and a bomb yeah. goes off? Oh yeah, and then how about like a jetpack and like it, it can't? Yeah, it just sort of it can't go back. Right, it can't go back, and it doesn't. It doesn't try to like." pretend that it's not getting absurd so i actually appreciate that i do too and like i said i mean i like the movie i think it's an underappreciated movie um i mean i think it's a movie you you take with a grain of salt right. it's you know um but i do think that you know despite all the ridiculousness and if you sit down and you watch this movie especially if you've never seen it you're gonna be like this movie's fucking bonkers <laughs> like it's all you know it's all over the place it's like they're doing some crazy stuff but I still think that there's a really uh, uh, good poignancy in it about the commercialization of Christmas. And I've seen some reviews that say, you know, where critics say, you know, this movie could have really been a, a great a great movie about the commercialization mm. of Christmas and how we put material things first and it, it lost its way. But I'd argue that that lesson is still yeah. there. It's just, you just have to... to peel back the layers more you know it's not doing the work for you it's not being really completely overt and in your face you know it's like buried those lessons underneath arnold punching a reindeer <laughs> right or you know in a jetpack like it's uh uh I, yeah i agree that the lesson is still there regardless of how absurd it gets and i think that's if you you should just if you're going to watch this, just know that it's going to be crazy. Don't go in really expecting anything. A, this isn't a, exactly a character piece. No. Or, uh, I mean, it is interesting because another there is like a, a surrogate father theme and underlying story in this movie as well. Because like Jamie, Jamie's father figure... Uh, to start the movie is Turbo Man. Mm. He's, he, he's watching Turbo Man. He's telling his father lessons that Turbo Man told him because his father isn't around. He's too busy fucking selling 200 <laughs> mattresses. And then, so it's like he, 
goes from the absentee father to replacing the surrogate father by becoming Turbo Man. And, you know, you could also say that there's that surrogate father theme in, in Phil Hartman trying to sleaze right. his way into the father picture. So there is, like, these other themes and deeper things going on in this movie that you got to, like, uh, you know, get off your high horse and, 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 and of being like, oh, the stupid Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he flies in a jetpack and punches reindeer. To, and realize these are these other themes are still I feel here. Like punching a reindeer isn't that absurd if it was like charging at you. I just love it. I just <laughs> love that. He just like, <laughs> slugs that fucker. Just like he just slugs the shit out <laughs> of it. I want. Did they write this with Arnold in mind? Because like I just feel like if you had Arnold in mind, you you really. You had to have him like punch a reindeer at some point, punch something, you know. I mean, it's tough because you think like, if you write Arnold in mind, do you make him a mattress salesman? <laughs> I mean, I don't but, know. It's uh, it's so absurd. <laughs> but if it's not Arnold when you're writing this, is he fighting off a warehouse of Santa? Claus? Right. That's a good point. Because no one's gonna uh-huh. believe that. Just a you know, Phil Hartman would be able to fight off five Santa Claus yeah. at a time, but beefcake Arnold. Yeah. Freaking Tim Allen in this role. Isn't fighting off a bunch of Santa. Exactly. And, but and punching a reindeer. Oddly, oddly enough, Arnold could not fight off the moms at the ball. That's the true. Purses. Well, you know, gonna... you could, ch- you could choke a woman in front of a store, Steve, but you can't beat <laughs> you up women. Choke at the a mall. woman. Yes, he he would just stand by idly by as as Sinbad chokes a woman in a crowd. A whole a whole giant crowd Everyone's of people just stood like, huh. by as this man choked a woman in front of a store. Uh, but Arnold, but maybe that's the difference. Uh, Sinbad's the bad guy because he chokes a woman in the store. Arnold's a good guy because he does not fight back against the women that are beating him up at the mall. I'm not a burglar. I think that's that's the real lesson there. <laughs> there we go. We figured it out. You know, just like the points in this podcast, we're a little all over the place, and sometimes they don't they're not exactly laid out clearly, but they're in there somewhere. <laughs> right, exactly. You just gotta do the work, you know. You just gotta do the Watch work it yourself. And sometimes. listen with your family this holiday season. There you go. Put away Die Hard, put away Christmas Vacation, put away Christmas Story. You've seen those a million times. Get out, jingle all the way, put it in, listen to your uncle go, what the fuck is this? And have a good right. time. And we can all agree after watching, uh, fuck Booster. Yeah, fuck Booster. Yeah, so Chainsmoking Booster, uh, also, he falls off the uh, the float. <laughs> and, and all the kids just run up and start punching and beating him <laughs> in the street. As they tell, these kids that are passionately uh turbo yeah, man they're fans. all like yeah turbo man <laughs> and booster falls off and they just and they're just so, the they're just like you suck booster and they beat the, <laughs> beat the hell out of them. <laughs> uh just like just like star wars fans would do in three years to oh Boy. got him again i'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen she's making up a storm here ted I need to speak to my wife. So could you get her on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Do you want me to go check? No! Uh, jingle all the way. Uh, somehow, I don't know how, super confusing, right? Earned a reputation as a stinker. 
Uh, it got nominated for several joke awards, uh, like the Razzies, and also uh, the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, which is apparently a thing I is, never heard it, of. Does it still exist now? I don't know. It sounds like it a very is, 90s it was, thing. It's the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. Brought to you by MTV. It's, yeah, it's on right after the MTV Movie Awards. Like, first kiss of the year, and now turn of the year. <laughs> Uh, interesting enough, uh, another after effect of this movie, uh, Fox was sued. They got sued oh, over no. this movie. Uh, a high school teacher uh, reportedly wrote a script called Could This Be Qu- Christmas? Question mark, that was said to have 36 similarities, including plot, dialogue, and even character names. Uh, the script was sent to Fox in 1994 two years before uh, Jingle All the Way was made. Tough, uh, tough to sell it as a coincidence there. Uh, Fox was originally ordered to pay $19 million, uh, but ultimately, this is America, and the court system is designed to protect the corporations and the rich, and years of appeals and dragging it through the court uh, until some of the, the people suing literally <laughs> died mis- mysteriously. I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm just going to add that. <laughs> Mysteriously. Uh, eventually, a judge decided that the script was not stolen from Fox, and they didn't have to pay a dime to that high school teacher, despite, you know, the 36 similarities, including plot, dialogue, and character names. Well, the real lesson here is don't send your screenplays to studios <laughs> unsolicited. <laughs> They're just going to steal them. Terrible idea. You'll try to sue and you won't win. There are many cases of of this exact example of like either they send the script or they send the idea or and the studios almost always win out in these cases. Yeah, man. What did I say? Courts aren't here to protect us, us normal folk. Uh, c- could this be Christmas? Question mark. Um, better title than Jingle All the Way. Um, I don't know. I don't think I like that. Could this be Christmas? No, it's no. not. It's not. But Jingle All the Way is a weird title. It really has nothing to do well, with the it's movie. Just, you're just pulling it from the song. It's just right? Christmas. Yeah, it's just Christmas. But it's the song's not even featured in the movie. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. They wouldn't couldn't they didn't have the money to get the rights because they were too busy. Oh, that was actually my my favorite part of the parade. That's got to be public. That's got to be public domain. Jingle, jingle right. bells. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they they couldn't have the time because they spent so much money on all the clearances they needed just for that parade scene. Oh yeah, that was I I thought for sure until I read that I was on a studio lot that that was a real parade they were filming at just because of all the all the brands in it all the all the branding. I know it was really funny because yeah. it was like um, there was just so much it was like crayons and Rock'em Sock'em yeah. Robots Snoopy uh, Teenage it Mutant was literally Ninja just Turtles. like a toy parade essentially which maybe was part yeah. of the larger message of like the Christmas parade is just like this giant commercial for toys to buy so following jingle all the way um we like to talk about as as you guys might remember i know it's been a while but let's talk about some of the career paths uh, if they've been altered by jingle all the way uh two careers were changed well more than two actually some careers were changed dramatically following jingle all the way 
uh, Arnold's hot streak uh, of movies. And also, I'll, I'll preface this by saying several careers were changed dramatically following this movie, but not because of this ah. movie. Arnold's hot streak of movies uh, had really started winding down during this period and would continue to do so after Jingle All the Way uh, was came out. Uh, he released Batman and Wait. Robin, and then End of Days, and then The Sixth Day, which personally I enjoy, and then Collateral Damage, and then Terminator 3, and then he ended up uh, becoming the governor. That's right. So his movies uh, continued to have a large budget during this time, probably mostly for his price tag, and they were still making money or at least uh, making their budget until collateral damage in 2002. Mm. So this one, while not the end of the line, uh, Jingle All the Way, I mean, it was being not the end of the line. This, you know, Arnold's career was really winding down at this point in the late 90s and into the early 2000s. But I think, in a, in a sense, though, Jingle All the Way did kind of give some ammunition for uh, for his fall to grace because a lot of these films, as as Steve has shown with his, uh, his soundboard, uh, this was probably about the time in Arnold's career when he really started to become like an early meme. And Jingle All the Way, you know, kind of fed into that with the comedy and the humorous lines and delivery. That was before that term even existed, right? That wasn't. Oh yeah, I, I mean, definitely before it existed in, in the mainstream, and probably in general, but probably wasn't. Even yeah, I don't even know if it was point, a word. Yeah, I guess, but I, he was definitely a case of like, I, 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 it does not really mean, but I'll call it an early. No, yeah, meme, I think people know? understand then, that. It just was sort of becoming this, a parody right of himself yeah i mean you have the things like you and your friends using the soundboard of funny art right. lines and the 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 pizza shop clip from back er, in the early internet days which if nobody remembers look it up it's still <laughs> funny i don't care what you want on it every pizza comes with pepperoni and with nine millimeter bullets on it but another career ruined in the wake of this movie uh, Jake Lloyd <laughs> oh again nothing go. nothing to do with junk, Jingle All the Way uh, he just had the misfortune of being cast in the biggest movie of his life normally that's a huge win for somebody defining moment unfortunately for Jake he got cast in Star Wars which meant the so called fans were about to hate him and bully him into eternity for something that wasn't in fault, his fault just because they're toxic horrible Oof, people you heard it here first folks I mean, they did that kid dirty. And they continue to do people dirty. I'm not a pervert! Thank God Jar Jar wasn't a real person, or God knows. In a, in a more serious and, and dark turn, uh, another life was very dramatically changed in the wake of this movie. Uh, poor Phil Hartman, who died uh, two years after this movie came out. Uh, right. Hartman's death, for those unaware, and I admit I, I was not really aware of the story until i was doing this it's fucking tragic and dark yes. phil hartman was not a victim of overdose uh he wasn't in a car accident he didn't have a medical issue uh hartman uh who to me was huge to my childhood without even knowing it because of his various roles in the simpsons where he did a lot mm. of voice work uh hartman was shot to death in his sleep 
by his own wife, who was intoxicated and had recently used cocaine. Hartman's wife, uh, Bryn, was said by her own friend to have trouble controlling her anger, and that night, Bryn reportedly struck the couple's own daughter. They had two children, both of whom were in the house when Bryn decided to carry in a 38 caliber handgun into their marital bedroom, shoot her husband three times, once in the head, once in the throat, once in the chest. Bryn drove to her friends, confessed the crime. They didn't believe her. They went back to the house where they saw Hartman, and they believed her then. Uh, Bryn would end up locking herself in the bathroom and killing herself as the police arrived. Oh, wow. I don't think I remember that part. Bryn had reportedly been on Zoloft for depression. Uh, John Lovitz, who is a, a good friend of Hartman's back to the SNL days, uh, blamed Andy Dick, of all people, for the death of Hartman. Uh, Dick, Lovett said, uh, is the one that reintroduced Bryn to cocaine despite her past issues, uh, causing her to relapse, causing her to have a mental breakdown, causing her to, in theory, finally snap that night when she shot her husband. Uh, Dick claimed to have no knowledge of Bryn's condition, uh, or past condition. Uh, Lovett claims that uh, Dick's last name is very apt, saying that one night Dick approached him and told Lovitz how he was putting the Phil Hartman curse on him and that Lovitz would die next. A pretty shitty, fucked up thing to yeah. say to somebody. Uh, the two fought. Uh, supposedly it wouldn't be the first or last time they fought. And uh, Dick denies for his part having any death, any role in the death of Hartman. A very dark aftermath there with poor Phil. Yeah, it's a shame. He was insanely funny on The Simpsons and on uh, Saturday Night Live as well. Yeah, he was. would have been very interesting to see where his career went. If he would have had some more breakthrough roles, maybe eventually got... He ne- I don't think he ever got to a point really where he was a starring right. man, but I could have seen I could have seen Phil in some comedies as the lead. Yeah, for sure. I think he he had that ability to sort of kind of morph into you know whatever. He's a funny guy, and you know in this movie he plays a, a pretty sleazy character, somebody that normally I would you know doesn't wouldn't it be somebody you'd think of right away for for Phil Hartman right. to play. But he does yeah. it well, and so I definitely could have seen him doing a lot of uh, a lot of other things. But uh, fortunately, he didn't mm-hmm. get that chance. In brighter news, uh, Sinbad's career would only improve after Jingle All the Way, because one year, Steve, one year after Jingle All the Way came out, Sinbad would be featured in one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces ever made. Good burger. This man is totally insane. Uh, what? Yes, that's right, Steve. <laughs> Good burger. And uh, the crowning achievement of cinema, Sinbad forever raised into the hallowed halls of gods among men, never to be forgotten. 
for his stories to be told time and time again from one generation to another. Steve, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can we forever take your order? Amen. Praise be. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, what, who, who was Sinbad in Good Burger? What did, I don't remember. Sinbad was the character that Keenan uh, crashes his car into, and it's the whole reason Keenan has to get a job at Good Burger to pay for the damage he did to Sinbad's car. And Sinbad, like, has a big fro he's super proud of <laughs> in that movie. It's like, uh, my favorite Sinbad movie, of course, is Shazam. Oh yeah, the one where he plays yes, the genie. Exactly. That's a great. It's a great movie. I, I feel like I should rewatch it. I feel like I've been yeah. Able to everyone, find it. if you love Shazam as well, but you haven't watched it in a while, you should look it up and watch it. It's yeah. on the Sh- Um Shaz- Shazam starring Sinbad as a genie. Yes. Remember yes, that movie? A, we, you know remember you that. we know you do. We know you do. We do. Look it up. It's a. It's a. That's another classic holiday movie. I have the cover. Like I could imagine it in my everyone. Brain. Like I. Re- no, yeah. you can't forget it. It was at, in all the the video rental stores. That's right. For decades. Also, Sinbad has one of the greatest lines in Good Burger of when he's telling them about how uh, Mondo Burger just opened up across the street, and he goes. Home of the big booty burger. Home of the big booty burger. Home of the big booty well, burger. Well, I mean, Steve. Uh, yeah. What was the last time you watched Good Burger? Uh, not that. Oh long my! Ago. All right. Uh, who else was in this movie? Finally, uh, uh Rita Wilson, who played a. Uh, the character we didn't talk much about because really she doesn't have a ton of yeah we never did say rita wilson played the mom but that she did play the mom rita wilson plays the mom uh it's really tough to paint uh rita wilson in your mind if you're not instantly remembering who she is because there's a million percent chance you're like don't remember who she is probably uh rita wilson has never really been a a much of a, a a a prominent role actor she's in a lot of stuff yeah uh she's never had the main role uh she's been in some big movies she was in sleepless in seattle she was in runaway bride uh she was obviously not the star of those movies as you're probably aware of who the stars are in those movies um uh she was in the movie now and later in 1995 uh steve you remember now and later the one of the most underrated movies of the 90s. I love that candy in the 90s. All right. The grape That's not the what grape I was ones? About. Now and later? Ugh. Yeah. Except they would stick no, to your I'm teeth just... in that weird way, though. Like it almost like rip your I, teeth out, they... you know? Or like lock your jaw together. They were like harder starbursts. Yes. Right? Well, yeah, very much harder. No. Now and later. Uh, you know, a movie that all girls that grew up in the 90s uh, love. I got you, ladies. I got your back on that one. Roberto, truth or dare? Truth. How big are your boobs now? Well, just how big are your boobs? 36D, and with every penny. Now and then. Rita, Rita continued to stay busy. Uh, she was featured in a 
uh, pretty much a movie every year after Jingle All the Way until the present. Uh, again, not never the main role, but she's keeping busy. And that's s- still remarkable in Hollywood. Still something to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you may not remember Rita, but there's one person whose attention she uh, captured. She enthralled his attention. And it's uh, the attention of a man that I think we all wish we could capture. Uh, Tom Hanks. I'm getting oh, at that. Say I'm getting at Tom like, Hanks. Did she end up with Sinbad? Big booty Rita burger. Wilson married. Rita Wilson is married yes, to Tom Hanks. I did know that. Actually, they were. Yeah, they got married in 1988. A great year, wonderful year, the best year. Some say. Yeah, great, no, the best year. Great year on record. Great year. Yep. And then of course. Uh, we didn't really talk much about the director in this movie, but the director was Brian uh, Levant. Levant, maybe. He, uh, Brian, unfortunately, would not skate escape this movie unscathed. After Jingle All the Way, guess what, Steve? He died. Brian would never work ah, again. Man, finally. Until ah, next year when he directed got me again. The Flintstones and Viva no. Lux. Rock no. What? Yes. No. Oh, God. If you haven't listened yet, go check out our episode. <laughs> oh, no. How did they not catch that? In oh. Viva Rock Vegas. Oh. We, uh, we broke the... We cracked the case on that one. Uh, we unveiled some pretty big secrets about yeah. that movie. Yeah. We also talk about the Super Smash hit Shazam because there's some connections there too. Yeah, uh, you know Shazam, the movie with Sinbad as yes. Genie. Yeah, Brian Levant, you motherfucker! What do you? Levant would uh, would keep turning out family films most of his He's career. Still going. He was the family, yeah, family film Please guy. Uh, he would even return to doing Christmas movies. By dis- absolutely destroying a Christmas classic <laughs> by filming a Christmas story two. Oh no. Yep, that's right. Oh, don't watch the video. Don't don't watch, don't watch it. it. Forget I even said it. But don't forget Brian Levant. Don't let him get away with this people. Ah, uh, Daniel Stern don't is in that. Don't let him. Don't let him get away. It's a prank call that's recirculating on YouTube, and the man is calling emergency dispatch operators and pretending to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Check it out. Sir? Yeah. Sir, do you need the Albuquerque police? Yeah. Okay, what's, what's going on? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know what's going on? Do you need police? People are trying to kill me. Okay, well. Who I, is your uh, daddy, you know what and what does he do? What? Who is your daddy, and what does he do? So normally, uh, we end our podcast by uh, myself and Steve here to determining the cause of death for a movie, uh, picking out one of the many uh, terrible wounding blows and deciding which one we think was the fatal blow, the biggest. Uh, but being a holiday special, let's change it up a little. Let's let's make it a little more more positive a little more joyous uh i know it's not thanksgiving but let's talk about 
what we're most thankful for in Jingle All the Way instead. Let's leave this in a positive, positive note. Steve, what are you most thankful for in Jingle well, All the Way? Well, I have to be thankful for all the good sound bites of Arnold that we get out of this. So let me just uh, let me throw a few at you here. I'm not a pervert. Arnold is not a pervert. It's a great. That's a great when you're on the prank phone call when you use the other Arnold sound bites that might make you sound like mm. a pervert, and you just say, "I'm not a pervert." <laughs> I'm yeah, if you say you're not, then you say you're uh, Detective John. I can't remember the line. He says he's the detective, one of them. But then you can call the bakery shop and you just say, "Cookies, cookies." Who told you you can eat my cookies? Who told you you can eat my cookies? As you're accusing them of selling your cookies or whatever, you know, you just have some fun with it. Uh, put that cookie down now! Down, you could call them. Put that cookie down. It's poison. Um, and you know, let me talk to your mother. It's just the end. The possibilities are endless, uh, and I just am thankful for one more movie in the filmography of Arnold to give us his ridiculous deliveries. Line deliveries, that is. Truly the gift that keeps right. on giving. Matt, what are you thankful for from Jingle All the Way? It's that fucking reindeer punch, I, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> I do love that reindeer punch. But I'm gonna I'm gonna change it and I'm gonna say I'm most thankful for the scene of Arnold chasing a bouncy ball through the Mall of America, crawling through a child's play place in pursuit of the, the gender ambiguous child. <laughs> Where it ends with Arnold in a ball pit asking this very young child to take his ball out of his mouth. I don't have the... That's my just, ball. Just, I don't, how is that not in the soundboard? Just chef's kiss to that mm. scene. I'm thankful for that this holiday season. and You could be thankful too. Maybe your favorite scene will be Arnold punching the reindeer or... When they reconcile and Arnold gives that reindeer some some beer, uh, or maybe your favorite scene will be uh, watching Phil Hartman just passionately eat some cookies from another woman. I don't know. We could all have our own favorite scenes. Uh, pop it in, sit next to the Christmas tree, and try it out. Yeah, I I honestly I might do that. Uh... I might try to push this one in on the family at Christmas. I bet uh I bet everybody from 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 grandma to your racist uncle will love it. Well, there you go. It's the holidays. Uh, I know the holidays uh don't mean Christmas to everyone. It may mean Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or none of the above. Uh whatever the case Christmas is a lot of things to a lot of people, just like Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus or whatever holiday you're celebrating could mean many things to many people and how you interpret it, how, what you chase. Uh, Maybe this time of the year, though, in the face of the, the growing cold and the emergence of winter and that these bleak months ahead as we all wait for spring, Unless you're one of those lucky assholes that live in a nice warm climate. Uh, But let's try to remember that though the holiday may mean one thing to you and another thing to someone else, the true spirit of the season is one thing 
and one single thing alone. Turbo Man. It's Turbo Time. At long last, it's Turbo Time. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AT Report Pod. Smash those shares and likes, and if you throw in a tweet, Steve will send you a racing pick. And while you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review, five stars preferably. Reviews show us your love, and we all just want to be, want to be loved. But don't stray too far. Next time, we'll throw another movie on the slab right here on The Autopsy Isn't it a rite of passage, though, to see an old man and his balls down to his knees at the YMCA gym locker room? Apparently it is. (laughs) Sounds perfectly normal to me. It's just, you could get, I take a piss in the park and I'm a a pedophile, but I could (laughs) lather lotion on my wang in front of children at the Y and it's all, and that's Christian values. He got two! He got two!